You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Good morning. morning. The scripture today is Genesis 3, verses 1 through 13. Knowledge, not eternal life. The snake was the most intelligent of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say that you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, We may eat the fruit of the garden's trees, but not the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, Don't eat from it, and don't touch it, or you will die. The snake said to the woman, You won't die. God knows that on the day you eat from it, you will see clearly, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful, with delicious food, and that the tree would provide wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it, and also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then they both saw clearly and knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made garments for themselves. During that day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sounds of the Lord God walking in the garden. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God in the middle of the garden's trees. The Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man replied, I heard your sound in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? And the woman said, The snake tricked me, and I ate. The word of God for the people of God. Pray with me. Gracious God, cleanse my heart, my mind, and my lips as you cleanse the lips of the prophet Isaiah with the burning coal, that I may preach your word and not mine, and that I may give to your people what they must hear, not from what my heart says, but from what your words say. Amen. This is a familiar story maybe too familiar. This story is the defining moment in human history. It's the moment that tells us who we are, why we're here, and what we're doing here. And we get there by reading this story not only historically, but also morally and psychologically. And to appreciate, to really see how important this story is to us, we need to disabuse ourselves of some very common notions that have crept into 
this story. And we need to look at three things to do that. We, we need to look at what is not here and what is here. And we need to look at who's not here and who is here. And we need to look at what happened and what didn't happen. What's not here? There is no tree of good or evil. The correct Hebrew word is good or bad. The tree of knowledge is the tree of good and bad. The tree is created. God does not create evil. Evil is not here. Knowledge, not of what is good or bad, but as we will see, it's the claim that we may have to being able to decide what's good or bad. The tree of good and bad, of knowledge, allows us to make choices, that we make judgments, what we think is good or bad. And the tree is in the middle of creation. When our humans go to the middle of creation, when they put themselves in the center, something happens. When we put ourselves in the center and try to choose what's good or bad, this story tells us we're likely to make a mistake. Who's not here and who is here? Satan is not here. The devil is not here. It's just a snake. It's created. Satan, by the way, Satan, the great Satan, the Hebrew there means the accuser. And you see that in Job. But here it's a snake. Adam, the male, is here also. Let's leave behind any notion that what happened here was caused by a weak, willful woman who somehow seduced or tricked the man. The snake in the Hebrew is consistently speaking in the plural. It's something we don't get through our translation. And in the ancient Hebrew, and you heard it in today's scripture is translated, that she also gave it to her husband who was with her. They're in it together. And what you see here is humankind disobeying God, both actively doing something and passively not doing something. We see that reflected in our confession. Remember our confession? We ask your forgiveness for God for those things that we have done and we have left undone. They are acting together. They are humankind that seed humankind's dominion over the very creators that they were to be in charge of. They leave it to the snake. Recall in the creation stories, humankind was made in the image and likeness of God and put here to be in charge of creation. The snake should be listening to them, but instead they gave it to the snake. What happened and what didn't happen? 
First, there's a setup I want to take you through. And let's see. Ah, the woman said to the snake, We may eat the fruit of the garden's trees, but not the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, Don't eat from it and don't touch it or you will die. Don't touch it? Where did that come from? God said to the man, do not eat of that tree. Didn't say anything about touching it. Where did that come from? Did that come from her own sense of trying to, to fence off this area? Or did the man say that to her in repeating what God had told him? The setup. If we touch it, we will die. And the snake said to the woman, you won't die. The snake is right. Then comes the first judgment. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful with delicious food and that the tree would provide wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate of it. She made a decision of what would be good for her. And she offers it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And he too makes a decision. Putting themselves in the center of creation, they make a judgment. This is not a fall. You know, we talk this story about being the fall of mankind, humankind. It's not a fall. What it is is a sundering of relationship between humankind and God, between humankind and humankind, and between humankind and creation. To call it a fall makes it a little too passive, I think. We did this on our own. We, the humankind, did this. And by the way, we do it every day. When I talk to the children about good and bad, we make those decisions every day. It's not a fall. It's a sundering. It's a divorce in everything that brings. I've been through a divorce. And that a divorce is more than just two people parting ways. There is repercussions. There, is, there are waves of emotion that come out from that, and so too here. There are waves that come out of this divorce. And it's not because of a snake. It's not because of Satan or the devil. And it's not because of a woman. This scripture has been used to literally beat women. It's not true. Adam was there as well. It's humankind. All aspects of humankind. And also, in that part that Tricia had, did not read but follows on, when the two are rejected from the garden, one way of looking at it is that having sundered their relationship, they really could no longer be in God's presence. They have to leave. And what happens to them when they leave? This um, uh, statements about the woman having to give birth in pain and the man having to fight for his food, these are not punishments. This is what happens when man's humankind sunders its relationship to creation. This is the result of, not the punishment for. By the way, a special note on that bit about women having to give birth in pain. Even though anesthesia had been found and used, 
Doctors refused to give it to women because they believed scripturally God had forbidden it. A fantastic, incredible use of scripture to beat people. By the way, that changed when Queen Victoria demanded and got anesthesia for her children. So, this is not a fall. This is not due to the work of a woman. This is not a punishment, but a result. Now, two things have happened in this human defining event. First, we begin the story of judgment made by us, and that is a story of sin, of turning from God into ourselves. We become as a God in deciding what's good or very good or what is bad or very bad. Brian McLaren, in in the book that we're following this year, um, talks about in this chapter, he talks about the drama of desire. It's chapter 4 for those of you reading the book with us. It's a good choice, desire, the drama of desire. It's certainly a drama. But to have a desire to want something, we need first to know what it is we want. And in needing that, we choose what's good or bad. And this requires, of course, judgment. And that leads us to making judgments about not only our choices, but judgments about others and about God and about ourselves. Here's how this story presents this this choices. The man replied, I heard your sound in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He is choosing shame. The man said, the woman you gave me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. The woman you gave me. He's choosing to blame God. And the woman said, the snake tricked me and I ate. She's choosing to blame the snake. We then judge ourselves. Judgments of shame. We judge others whether it's a snake or God, we judge fate. The second thing that happens here is we begin the story of salvation by God. What does God say in a question? What does God do? It's only a partial estrangement. We may have sundered it from God, but God does not sunder it from God's side. God questions, and God sends him from the garden clothed. God sends him from the garden to later make covenant. And did you notice the questions? There are four of them. The Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? What have you done? These four questions will follow us throughout history and are with us today. Where are you? God's first question to humankind. God's first question to each one of us. Where are you? Where am I? Where am I in relation to God and to others and to creation and to myself? That's a spiritual journey. 
that we are all on, whether we like it or not. Who told you that you were naked? The ever-present question of shame, which begins with this story. One that leads us away from the shame that we impose upon ourselves. Who told you you were naked? Who do you listen to? Do you listen to God? Or do you listen to somebody else? Or do you listen to the snake? Did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? This is a question that will be answered in the Last Supper. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body. He took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, so that their sins may be forgiven. That question, did you eat from the tree, will be answered by the bread and the cup. Lastly, what have you done? This question is one that haunts us until we hear the words, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. It's a question that's answered in salvation and forgiveness. This story of disobedience, of choices made and choices regretted, of judgments, good and bad, is the story of humankind. It's our story. It's the most defining moment of human history until, that is, we get to the cross. Amen.